Welcome back to the Best Bud Sports Podcast with David Hyman and Max Mudd, where we talk fantasy football and keep you up to date with the latest football news. Today we're going to be talking about the average draft positions from 41 to 60 and significant players that move teams. And we'll finish off by ranking the new alternate helmets that came out for nine different teams. All right, it is July 25th, 2022. We are inching closer to the NFL kickoff. I cannot wait. It is moving by so slowly. I look at the clock every single day to see how close we are, and it is slowly getting there. It feels like it's been forever since I've watched an NFL football game, and I am dying. I mean, the NBA does it a little bit for me, but there's nothing like red zone on a Sunday. We're getting closer. Uh, let's jump into it, though, for our significant movers from 1 through 40 that we've talked about in the previous two episodes. Not much happening last week. Just Michael Pittman, actually, jumping from outside of the top 40 picks to pick 38 on his ADP. And I like him there. Uh, I personally think he should be at that 38 spot, so he was too low prior to this. He has Matt Ryan now, opposed to Carson Wentz. I think he Carson Wentz was not able to deliver the ball as well as Matt Ryan will for Michael Pittman, and we'll see it this season. Yeah, Michael Pittman was also still young last year, um, and Matt Ryan is definitely going to make him a better receiver, and I think he's getting his hype up, uh, and that's why you see him moving outside of the top 40 up to 38 there. And Jalen Waddell fell down to 41, which I think is the right thing because there is already an, a really good receiver in Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins. So uh, Jalen Waddle at 41, moving down. He probably is going to move down a little bit more as well. I actually like Jalen Waddle at 40. Uh, I think he's going to get the ball. We talked about that last episode. Um, I think it'll just defenses will key on Tyreek Hill. And Jalen Waddle was kind of that speedster back, uh, H-back last year for them anyways. I think he'll get his receptions and make those flashy plays. I like him there. Um, He's right in the range that he should be at, but not much of a mover, just going from 40 to 41. Uh, That is our first of the 41 through 60. Moving to 42, Scary Terry just got paid. What are your thoughts on him? I really like Terry McLaurin. He's a really good receiver. Um, With the change in quarterback there to Carson Wentz, I don't know how that's going to go. That's why he's wide receiver 16. Uh, if he had a decent quarterback with him, he would definitely be in that wide receiver 12 to 10 range. But with Carson Wentz being at the helm, I I just can't trust it. Their offense isn't going to be that great. Um, Terry's probably still going to produce just like he always has with whoever's been at quarterback for the commanders over these last couple of years. But um, I think I think wide receiver 16 and ADP 42 is right where he should be. Yeah, he's a very good receiver. Uh, he's very talented at running routes, has great hands, has speed. I think Carson Wentz, I know we just dogged on him for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I personally think, is a great passing quarterback. Uh, Carson Wentz is still a, a step up from the quarterback play he's had in his career. Uh, that quarterback room has been a rotating door. 
Um, I think Carson Wentz can secure a job here, and they'll actually build some chemistry coming through the years. Still not getting great quarterback play, but I like Terry McLaurin. Uh, He's a good pick. He's right where he should be at that 42 spot. Uh, He's a good PPR receiver. He gets his receptions, his targets, and he's a good crutch for a quarterback to lean on. So he's right where he should be, though. Yeah, especially because if you're going to go with the two running backs early, this is the kind of guy you should be looking for in this spot. Terry McLaurin's going to produce. He's going to put up some points. Um, He's not the top-tier receiver, but if if you're going running back first, this is definitely a good pick uh, for your first or second receiver. And then moving to 43, we get George Kittle as tight end four. We haven't said any good things about tight ends yet. But we're getting kind of to that range where you can pick up these tight ends. Uh, Tight end four and five uh, is Darren Waller and George Kittle. George Kittle was injured last season. But I actually don't hate taking a tight end that is this good, that can produce as much as these two guys um, in this range. They, They have a big target share in the offenses that they're in. Obviously, Darren Waller getting Devontae Adams. Uh, puts him down to tight end five where he was probably like two or three last year. So you see him drop there a little bit. But George Kittle, tight end four, ADP 43, I really like that. I would definitely take him there. Um, As long as you have one receiver already, um, I would definitely get George Kittle there at the 43rd pick. And George Kittle is just one of those guys. He's really fun to watch as a tight end. Uh, He's just having a great time on the field, always smiling. But when he gets the ball, he's so hard to bring down. It's just those yards after carry, uh, just really fun to watch. He has those couple highlight plays a year that are just unbelievable of how many people are bouncing off of him. And he'll be really a big piece in that 49er offense. He, You can get him the ball on those short routes, and you can almost guarantee he still will get those five to six yards after the catch. I like him at this 43 spot as well. Um, the injury off last year is a little scary, but I still like him. I mean, they're going to, they love to utilize him in that offense. So there is a little bit of an injury scare, but I still like him here. Yeah. He's an, he's an absolute monster. He's not going to give up. So I think he trained as hard as he could to get himself healthy this season. And, um, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance as quarterback, you're definitely going to want a tight end like George Kittle on your team because those quarterbacks need a guy like that, and they're going to give him the ball because that's somebody they can trust in that offense. For sure. And then moving to our first rookie off the board at 44, Brees Hall for the New York Jets. It's really hard to rate a rookie running back in the NFL because we don't know how well he's going to do. He did really well at Iowa State, putting up 1,500 yards in his sophomore season, 21 touchdowns rushing, averaging over five and a half yards a carry. Obviously not top competition at Iowa State, but I think he's going to be good. Yeah, he'll be that feature back there, and that New York Jets offense isn't great. Um, A lot of people have high hopes on him, but I just, especially for PPR, he wasn't much of a pass catcher in college either. Um, it's tough him not being a pass catcher so much, also being in a poor offense. Uh, he's a big back, and he has some great strong runs in his college career. I think he'll be he'll pan out to be a good running back in the NFL, but as far as fantasy goes, I don't like him here at the 44 spot. I think he should fall down a little bit lower. And just in general, I feel like usually there's a rookie that 
goes pretty high in the draft. Um, and our first rookie being at 44, I feel like that's pretty low. Like, Najee Harris was just out of the top 12 picks maybe last year. Yeah. And obviously produced at that spot and was worth the 12th pick. This is our first rookie at 44, and I don't think he's even worth the 44th pick. I don't either. I agree with that. I'm, I'm also scared of the next guy on the list, Travis Etienne Jr., um, playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was injured all of last season, barely got any playing time. James Robinson is already in the offense, didn't start camp on the PUP list like everybody was thinking. So I, I don't like Travis Etienne. He's going to be their pass catching back, but I, we just haven't seen enough out of him. There's, there's more proven guys further down on this list that I would definitely rather have, especially when you can get Darren Waller at, at 46 there. Yeah, uh, he's the guy that, He's also pretty much just a rookie. Haven't gotten to see any of him. Um, I actually was very high on him prior to hearing the news on James Robinson. But now that he is recovering from that Achilles injury, James Robinson has proved that he's a good running back. They are definitely going to eat into each other's productivity. And now that we know that, I don't necessarily want to spend this high of a pick on him just because it is a big risk, and I agree with you there. Especially when the Jaguars threw money at everybody they could possibly throw money at uh, on the offensive side with with two or three new receivers. Um, They got a better O-line, which is going to help Travis Etienne, but also you know, with so many different options on that offense, I, I really don't like him here at all. And then you briefly mentioned Darren Waller, and we talked about him a little bit. This I actually love Darren Waller here. Uh, Devontae Adams joined that offense, but Derek Carr is a good pass thrower, um, and he loves Darren Waller. That's his crutch in that offense, and Darren Waller is explosive. He's one of those guys that you see a lot of double teams on him, but now with Devontae Adams, the defense won't have the privilege to do that. I think he has a good year, and... I think he has the potential to end up as that tight end one spot. I agree with that. Darren Waller is only going to get linebackers in coverage now because Devontae Adams is going to be taking up the safety in the corner on one side of the field. I think Darren Waller is going to – he might he might have a more productive season than last year. He was so keyed on, on the defensive side last year that it seems like there was some down games for him. Even though he was getting the targets, he wasn't getting the catches because they were all contested, and it was really tough on him to be the focal point of that offense. Um, but this is great value here at, at ADP 46. I 100% am taking him there if he's available in that spot. And we have seen what Darren Waller can do. Uh, he had those crazy fantasy point games without Devontae Adams when he was getting that single coverage and not being keyed on by the defenses. He was having 40-point fantasy games as a tight end, which is absolutely absurd. So he has the talent. I really like him here at 46. And then moving on to 47, DJ Moore. He's always been a good receiver, um, especially with, given the quarterbacks he's had. I think he's produced – he's out-produced what he should have been doing. So I think with, with Baker Mayfield – and no, not everyone likes Baker Mayfield a lot. They, you know, Everybody thinks he's super inaccurate and – he might not be the best option at quarterback, but I think Baker Mayfield in this new offense with a you know good running back and DJ Moore as a trusted receiver, I think DJ Moore is actually going to get some better looks this year, and I, I think he is uh, he's worth a shot here at forty seven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Baker Mayfield 
is in that similar field that we were talking about with Terry McLaurin and his quarterback play. Carson Wentz, not a great quarterback, but definitely a step up from what he has played with in his career. I think Baker Mayfield is a step up for what DJ Moore has played with in his career. Out of those two, uh, 47 ADP for DJ Moore, 42 Terry McLaurin, which one are you taking? I think just because of the lack of weapons on the commanders, um, Terry McLaurin, for sure. Uh, obviously, you have Christian McCaffrey on, on the Panthers, and that's going to take away a lot of the offense, um, offensive opportunities for him. But McLaurin not having a ton of guys around him, he's, he's going to get the ball. I mean, he's a really good receiver, and he's going to get open. And Scary Terry is his nickname for a reason. So, Yeah, I like Terry a little bit more than DJ Moore in previous years haven't been too high on DJ Moore just because of that quarterback reason. I knew he had talent at route running in the yards after catch, and which I really like about DJ Moore is his yards after catch ability. Um, I think he, I like him a lot more this year, especially at that 47 spot. Uh, you got DK Metcalf right behind him, but I think DJ Moore is a much better pick here. I know DK Metcalf has shined in the past, but we're not going to see good quarterback play from Drew Locke, I don't think, for DK Metcalf. So yeah. I like DJ Moore here for, as far as wide receiver goes. And he's right where he should be, though. Not yeah. too he, much higher. He's gone higher in previous years just because of his potential. He's a good player, but, yeah, with the better quarterback play, I'm, I'm surprised that he's not a little bit higher on the list right now, honestly. Um, but I do think he is in the right spot here. Um, if, especially if you're taking the running backs early, like I would suggest, uh, DJ Moore is definitely a guy to target in these, you know, fourth, fifth round. For sure. And then 48, briefly touched on him, DK Metcalf, not going to have good quarterback play. What are your thoughts on him? DK is obviously the better receiver out of DJ Moore and Scary Terry and Metcalf, um, ability-wise, but he's not going to get – Russell Wilson looks. He's not going to get that same production just because of that drop-off at quarterback. The offensive line is no good. I think you're going to see a lot of running with the Seahawks this year. So I, I really am I'm fading DK Metcalf in, in this year's draft for sure. Yeah, I think this is one of the guys that you leave on the board for a lot longer than this spot. I think 48 is way too high. Um, I think you would take the chance on him. Yeah. <laughs> like near the 55 to 60 range yeah late, later if you're if you're looking at the fifth sixth round and he's still on the board you snatch him up but here right. in the in the mid 40s um i'm leaving him there yeah we still have a decent amount of good receivers on the board at this spot i am fading dk metcalf as well uh moving to jk dobbins i like the uh we got dj dk and jk <laughs> right in a row yeah they're just all bunched together. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> and then, uh, but what do you think about him? This is another guy that we haven't seen a whole lot of just because of his injury problems. He, when he was on the field, he was really tearing it up. Uh, I like his ability to run, but with the injury that he suffered, um, I think he's still on the PUP list too, starting camp. He, it's it's kind of a risky pick, but also. It's high risk, high reward. I think he could get injured again because obviously something wrong with his legs. But 
when he is healthy, he, he does a good job, and he catches the ball well too. So I really like him. If you're still looking for a running back at this point, um, I think J.K. Dobbins is, is a good pickup right there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he showed flashes his rookie year um, that he can produce highlight plays in that running offense that the Baltimore Ravens have. And he's in a run-heavy offense, so that gives him the benefit. I like taking the jump on him here. If you need a running back, I even like taking him over that wide receiver group that we just talked about. He's a little bit more risky of a pick just because we haven't seen too much from him, and he was injured last year. But Baltimore's got a good O-line, and they are a very explosive running offense, which there aren't too many of those left in the NFL. But I like him there. A little bit higher even, I think you take the risk on him. Moving on to number 50, Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. What are your thoughts on him? I like him, actually. He showed a lot of flashes last year with the 49ers, uh, sort of in that same situation as the Ravens. They're, they're another running offense, which, like you said, that you don't see too much more of these days. But he was stuck in that committee, um, and it's it's hard to produce when you're you know splitting time with two other guys. So I like him, but I believe there is still some competition in that backfield at this spot though if you're still looking for a running back i definitely say take elijah mitchell he's worth a look another high risk high reward guy but he showed the flashes of a of a true number one running back and i think he will produce this year yeah this is kind of like a mirror pick with jk dobbins i know they're not similar running backs in running style but uh san francisco and the ravens they kind of mirror each other. I know they had the Harbaugh brothers in previous years, but they kind of mirror how they play football. They run the ball heavy. They rely on their defense. And that's why Elijah Mitchell is a good pick. I do like him. Uh, similar to J.K. Dobbins, he's going to get his opportunities. And if Trey Lance is playing, that will be really similar to the position J.K. Dobbins is in. They'll both have running quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, but I like him. He showed flashes last year, and like you said, they eliminated some of that committee with the uh, Matt Burita changing teams, and Raheem Moser, I believe, is still hurt. He got hurt yeah. towards the end of the season. He gets Again. hurt every three games. Yeah, I was. I thought that was a steal for me in, in the draft last year, but, I mean, he's just risk to injury is incredible. He's going to get hurt all the time, I promise. But, yeah, I like him there. Uh, but I'm going to say something – that might be sound a little crazy, but the next running back down on this list is A.J. Dillon, and he's at 59, and this is the first time, not the first time, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are a running back committee. You can draft both of them, but A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I believe you can draft both of them or either one, and I really like A.J. Dillon to have a breakout year this year. I think the Packers are going to utilize him more. And I would actually take A.J. Dillon over Elijah Mitchell. I think I, it is a risk, but you're taking a risk on either of these players. And I think A.J. Dillon is in a better offense. And I like him to get a lot more touchdowns because the Packers are going to score points and the Packers are going to give him those goal line carries. I agree with the ability discussion of that, but Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one running back on the 49ers this year. And A.J. Dillon's still the number two. Aaron Jones is still there. I think I, I would definitely take Elijah Mitchell still just because he might get that lion's share of all the carries and he scores touchdowns. He has a nose for the end zone. A.J. Dillon is going to get those uh, goal line carries, 
But with Aaron Jones being there and being, you know, ball dominant the last couple of years, I it that's a little that's a little bit too risky for me. But at 51, we got Mike Williams who won some people their fantasy football championships last year. Got taken late in the draft and here he is sitting at 51 again. Outperformed his ADP last year. I think he's going to do it again. I agree. I was really high on him last season before the season started. He was a league winner for a lot of people. Uh, I think he is close to talent-wising Keenan Allen. I know they have different skill sets, so it's hard to compare the two with Keenan Allen being as good as a route runner as he is. But Mike Williams gets the second cornerback, and that is a great passing offense. And I like Mike Williams a lot in fantasy, where Keenan Allen, I think, is going too high where he's at right now, which is that that 2880p. But I really like Mike Williams at this 51 spot. I think he deserves to be higher on this list, especially over DK Metcalf. He's supposed. To, I think he should be around where DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin are in that mid 40s range. Yeah, I'm surprised he's going this low because even though those guys are the number one receivers on their team, Mike Williams is he's he's good. He made big, big plays last year, helped out Justin Herbert with his big body, you know, big possession guy. He's even got a little speed. But I I really like Mike Williams, especially in this spot. If he's on the board, you need to take him here. I agree. And then moving to 52 at QB4, Lamar Jackson. He just got some slander from an anonymous defensive coordinator, which means probably fake news in my opinion. But or the de- or the defensive coordinator of the Steelers, <laughs> <laughs> or that said, I don't give a fuck how many MVPs he wins. He is still not a great quarterback. Along those lines, not a quote, but he said something along those lines. That is super aggressive, especially talking about a former MVP. Yeah, that. that- Coach said that he's not going to be a number one quarterback ever, but he'll be a number one football player, which makes no fucking sense at all. Yeah, I mean, the most important position on the field is your quarterback, and he's saying that he'll be a number one football player, but not quarterback. So maybe he's just talking about throwing the football? I I mean, I know that's what the position entails, but we saw Michael Vick do what Lamar Jackson's doing, and he is going to go down as like one of the greatest quarterbacks still, I think. He's definitely got a lot of talent. There is a lot said about his throwing ability, and there are definitely times where you can tell he's not perfect, but because he adds that element of speed and just such shiftiness, I mean, especially in fantasy football, you want him in this spot. This is exactly what we're looking for. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray have that same ability. Lamar likes to tuck it and run, though, and he is really, really good at getting extra yards. It amazes me. One day he's going to get his shit rung, but until then, draft Lamar Jackson at the 52nd spot. It's crazy. He avoids hits so well that he just doesn't get hit that hard. I mean, RG3 had that issue where he was a great runner, and for some reason that guy always got his clock cleaned. Lamar Jackson doesn't take those hits. He avoids them pretty well. Um, he's a great runner. Obviously one of the most fun football players to watch. If he's on your fantasy team, you are going to have a fun Sunday every single Sunday watching him play football. And yeah. I like him here at the 52 spot as well, though. Uh, he's the 
it's where I want a QB. I mean, we talked about those three QBs that were going last week in Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. I think those guys were going too high. You get the same value, I think, out of Lamar Jackson as a fantasy quarterback here. Down at 52, you're almost taking him a full 20 picks lower than those three guys. 30 picks lower than Josh Allen. And Lamar has the ability to be the quarterback one of the fantasy football season just because of that rushing ability. It, yeah. it easily makes him much more valuable than the 52nd spot. I, I'm actually surprised that he's this far down. Uh, I'm not really sure what that's about, to be honest. Yeah, but. I like him at 52. I think he has another breakout year. Um, I guess it wouldn't really be a breakout year since he's already done it. But, yeah, he, I think last year he was going in like the 20, top 25 picks, and now he's all the way down to 52. So, yeah, lock that one in if you don't have a quarterback yet, which you shouldn't, hopefully. Um, if you are in this spot, I love him. He probably has a chance to finish in the top three fantasy players amongst everyone for fantasy points. So, yeah, just lock that one in. You're happy with it. And then moving to 53 and Brandon Cooks, who's back on the Texans. What are your thoughts? I have, I've never been high on Brandon Cooks, but every single year he, <laughs> receive, he has 1,000 receiving yards. And he scores like five, six, seven touchdowns. Solid player, always good. No matter who's throwing him the ball, it, it seems to not matter at all. He's played on a bunch of teams already, and he's still proven that he can be a good receiver on each team. So I think I'm going to have to stop fading him, and I actually like Brandon Cooks. Uh, definitely not a wide receiver one for your team, but if, if you're looking for you know that third receiver that you need to replace in that slot position, um, he is, he's probably a really, really good pick there. Yeah, we're creeping into like the mid-fifth round just to get gauge where you're picking right now. So you have four other players. Um, yeah, Brandon Cooks is a good receiver. He's proven it time and time again. Always has those breakout plays. He kind of relies on the big plays, which is a little scary. Um, but I'm going with your boy over him for sure in Hollywood Brown. He is the pick underneath him at 54. I like Hollywood, uh, especially because DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss that first part of the season. Um, and he's a great receiver. He has a little bit of dropping troubles, but besides that, Really good receiver, very explosive, and the Arizona offense likes to make big plays, and Hollywood Brown will deliver them. Yeah, I think Marquise Brown is definitely going to deliver some big plays, um, especially with Kyler being his college quarterback. They have already got that connection. He's going to make sure he gets his buddy to the ball uh, because I'm sure he has some stipulation in his contract that says if you catch this many passes, you get a little roster up or a uh, bonus so I think Marquise Brown is going to get his targets this year especially with D-Hop missing those first six games it's going to give time to him and Kyler to get comfortable on an NFL field together um, I'm definitely taking him over Brandon Cooks yeah and Brandon Cooks has the is on the Texans so he has questionable quarterback play Houston's offense isn't that great Marquise Brown is on a good offense with a good quarterback and he's a good receiver. Uh, it's just a safer pick by a long shot, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying that I want Marquise Brown and, like, I would reach on him higher than this spot. I think this is kind of where he deserves to be, but just with Brandon Cooks right there, 
I think I let Brandon Cooks fall a little lower, as like towards that 60 range. Yeah, just because Hollywood's going to be the number two receiver on the team once D-Hop does come back, because DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the NFL, so it's hard to take away a lot of his targets. But being across from him and not having all that attention drawn to Hollywood like he did have on the Ravens, uh, I think he's going to really see an uptick in production this year. So I like him. I might even put him up in that DJ Moore, DK Metcalf area, 47-48, but not much higher than that. Yeah, and then 55, this is another guy I think is going too low in Chris Godwin. Um, That's definitely because of his injury. Anytime a receiver messes up a leg, it's it's always tough to draft them the next season because a lot of the times they're not 100%. They have Mike Evans on the other side of the field there. Chris Godwin has been good. I mean, he's shown that time and time again. And he's probably going to have another good season, especially with Tom Brady as his quarterback. But coming off an injury to his leg, it's always tough to draft him this high. If he's still sitting around past you know, 60, 65, I'm definitely targeting him there. Uh, but I just don't want to take the risk on a guy that's coming off an injury like that. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but... Being on Tampa Bay offense, they are going to throw the ball a bunch, and he does have that scare of coming back and seeing if he can be the talent he was prior. But I think he will. I think he'll bounce back, and he's that second receiver on that team, and he has a bunch of talent. And he's going at wide receiver 22, and he has the potential to finish in that if he's fully healthy and plays to where his ability was last year. I think he has the potential to finish in the top 12 receivers. So another risky pick right there. Um, but I do like him. I'm, I would be willing to take the risk there. But moving to 56 with Joe Burrow at QB5. I'm surprised we haven't seen Kyler Murray's name yet, uh, especially seeing Joe Burrow's here. I think Kyler brings a lot more to the fantasy table. Uh, Joe Burrow might be a better quarterback in general uh, as far as an NFL quarterback goes, but... He is um, better than Kyler. Huh? Joe Burrow is better yeah, than Kyler. Yeah, that's debatable. We, we don't No, that's not up for debate. Joe Burrow is better than Kyler. That's but as debatable. far as fantasy goes, I agree with you. Kyler is a better fantasy quarterback. I'm angry. <laughs> You're allowed to be angry. He's a great quarterback. Kyler We're talking is- about fantasy. I don't need to hear your opinions. Joe <laughs> Burrow should not be there. It should be Kyler Murray as QB5. I agree with you as far as what you're saying, but Joe Shiesty. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great quarterback. I don't even think that's up for debate. I think Kyler should be up here, but I'm not surprised to see Joe Burrow's name at QB5 just because of the hype surrounding him. He's a good quarterback. He's going to make plays. He's got a great receiving core. He's got a good offense. He just upgraded his offensive line pretty heavily, and he's going to get a lot of help in that department. Um, but he doesn't have the the rushing ability that Kyler does, and I'm surprised to see him here. I think I'd definitely take Kyler over him at this spot. Um, but if Kyler's off the board at this point, I definitely think Joe Burrow is worth a look here as the QB5 pick 56. I think I'm fading him. Uh, I know there's a lot of hype around him, and he's a great quarterback, but as far as fantasy goes, I think there are better fantasy options, especially with this 
pick around where he is going. Um, there's just a lot of running quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I know Jalen Hurts is lower in this list. I would definitely l- wait a couple of rounds and pick Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow, where he's going right now. Yeah, there's still guys that can get you points at quarterback, so I think taking a quarterback like Joe Burrow at this spot is a little bit risky. You're reaching. Um, I'm definitely waiting a little bit longer if, you know. Yeah, if there's Kyler if, should be in that spot. Kyler should be in that 56 spot. You're getting a surefire good fantasy quarterback in Kyler. Obviously, he's super shifty and super fast, going to get those rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, and that is a high-powered offense. So is Joe Burrow's offense in Cincinnati. But, but just rushing as, yards really, really make a difference in a quarterback. And then Amari Cooper going from the Cowboys to the Browns. This is another very risky pick, in my opinion. If Deshaun Watson does not play, that is going to be a bust of a pick. Yeah, that's why he's sitting at pick 57, because if Deshaun Watson was for sure playing, he would be above DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, and those guys just because of his ability and the quarterback throwing him the ball. So definitely explained why Amari Cooper is right there. But that being said, if Deshaun Watson plays, that is a steal and a half. I agree. Because they lost OBJ, obviously, midway through the season. And also Jarvis Landry is now on the Saints. So that is going to be the clear-cut number one option for Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson is a baller. He's going to get Amari Cooper the ball, and they are going to put up a lot of fantasy points. And it seems like Deshaun Watson is going to play at some point in the season. We just don't know how many games he's going to miss. Yeah, from mm-hmm. news reports. So, I mean, if he misses 10, though, you're not making the playoffs. I haven't had luck personally with suspensions. I drafted Michael Thomas last year. Obviously didn't see him play a snap. I have PTSD from that. I don't think I'm drafting Amari Cooper here. I, I wouldn't. I think Deshaun Watson's definitely going to see some time taken away. Um, it's pretty hard to beat those allegations. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Amari Cooper <laughs> and what he can do. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're depending on Josh Rosen, who they just signed, uh, you're not going to have a good time. No, I don't. If Deshaun Watson's not playing, Amari Cooper will not finish in the top 30 receivers. I think that's pretty easy to say, yeah, for sure. And then if he does, he's going to be in that top 15 range for sure. Yeah, definitely. Cortland Sutton is somebody that I really like at 50, uh, ADP 58 here. Yeah, this is way too low for him. I know he's had injury troubles. Yeah, he just got Russell Wilson, though, throwing him the ball. He has shown that he's a talented receiver. I love to like compare this to what Russell Wilson did with DK Metcalf. I know Cortland Sutton, I'm not saying he's as good as DK Metcalf, but I think we'll see a lot of productivity from Cortland Sutton. Especially with Jerry Judy taking up a lot of that attention. Because Jerry Judy's a great player. But Cortland Sutton is a dude, too. Yeah, so you're kind of deciphering between those two players. Jerry Judy, uh, he hurt his leg, I believe it was ankle last year. Uh, So he won't have any trouble. That's not like an injury you have too much trouble recovering from. Cortland Sutton did have knee injuries. That's a little bit worse. But both receivers I am really high on this year. Russell Wilson's a great thrower so Cortland Sutton I think should be going a lot higher than yeah. 58 right now I love him this season I think he he will be a league winner at 58 because you will get mm. 
a bold. Well, you're taking your fifth pick with a guy that could potentially end in the top 10 for receivers. I think top 10 is a little ambitious. I think top 15 for sure. Uh, just Russ be- gets his receivers to finish in the top 10. That's true. He has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf going off every week. So you yeah. have a point there. And then 59, we, I talked about him earlier, A.J. Dillon. I really like him. I would have a hard time deciphering between Cortland Sutton and A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon's going to be another one of those league winners where you take in a late pick on him, and he is going to finish in a, higher, a much higher spot than RB25 is, which he's being drafted at right now. I like A.J. Dillon a bunch. I think he's definitely going to be higher than RB25 at the end of the season. Um, but I just don't love taking a number two running back unless you're relying on an injury. That's that's my thing. Is That's why I like taking the running backs early so that you don't have to make these decisions later. And you can take a guy like Darnell Mooney, who is another league winner. And if, if he can – I like Darnell Mooney a lot. And yeah. I, know, I know you love him. Yeah, as soon as you <laughs> said Darnell Mooney, just put a huge smile on my face. Uh, he's actually – one of the last clear-cut wide receiver ones at this range. I know he's on the Bears, so there's questions there, obviously. But Justin Fields is a good quarterback, and they have a great connection. Um, like we talked about with Cortland Sutton, there's obviously a number two option in Jerry Judy that they're pretty similar. Darnell Mooney, he's got Nikhil Harry and Byron Pringle. Like He's a clear-cut <laughs> number one. He's going to get his catches. He was a 1,000-yard receiver. I think he... Darnell Mooney, I know this is a little biased being a Bears fan. I think he's the most underrated receiver in the NFL. I think um, Darnell Mooney is a clear-cut sleeper in this draft. Like, he he is a sleeper that nobody's really talking about. He's got a little hype. That's why he's in the top 60. He's obviously a number one receiver. But going at wide receiver 25, being a number one receiver with no options behind him, I think that's, I mean, you, you have to take Darnell Mooney in this spot. Yeah, I, I know Brandon Cooks. I'm not saying necessarily over all those other players that we talked about. Brandon Cooks is at 53. I would take Darnell Mooney over Brandon Cooks. Easily, yeah, and, easily. Especially just because of the quarterback situation. Justin Fields doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, he had a really, really shitty situation last year with Nagy. Um, I don't think anybody would have prevailed in that. Not, not Josh Allen, not Patrick Mahomes. I, don't, I think anybody in that offense would have done very badly. Yeah, uh, Nagy did not know how to call plays, and his pride just would not let him give it up. That was awful, awful to watch, especially being a Bears fan. <laughs> terrible, terrible offensive line. It did get better. I know we didn't sign like any superstars or anything, but we pulled together a couple offensive linemen, so I think Darnell Mooney will shine just having Justin Fields get a little bit more time in the pocket. And Matt Nagy out of town. Matt Nagy couldn't coach his son's middle school team. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> all right, and that wraps up all the ADP for 41 through 60. Moving on to our next segment of the notable movers in, that have happened in the offseason. Uh, starting with Von Miller to the Bills. This is a huge signing for the Bills. And uh, a big contract. Massive contract on a guy that's getting older, but Von Miller is still a great player. Uh, he helped the Rams on that Super Bowl run last year, so really good pickup for the Bills. Will help them a lot on defense, especially in the pass rushing category. So, 
Yeah, I, I think that's really big for the Bills. Um, they lost a couple guys on their D-line, and I think Von Miller is going to help fill that void big time. Um, I, I really like that that move. Uh, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins is another one that's... That was the blockbuster one, I feel like, of the offseason. Probably the most notable one that everyone talked about. Uh, obviously, Tyreek Hill is one of the most explosive players in the NFL. This is going to help two out significantly. Uh, he just said that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. It's a little questionable, but <laughs> really big for the Dolphins regardless. Uh, they have a very high-powered offense now. Yeah, they've got some weapons, and Tyreek Hill's going to help them go. I think they're going to surprise some people as long as Tua, as long as he has a decent season, Tyreek Hill's going to have a good season. Uh, Devontae Parker to the Pats, picked up in a trade. Uh, that's That's pretty big. Yeah, this is one of my big fantasy sleepers this year. I like Devontae Parker a lot. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, he showed it on the Dolphins even with poor quarterback play when he did have that. Um, and now he's on the Patriots, and I think they'll utilize him well, and I like Devontae Parker a lot. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Fuller to the Ravens from the Broncos. I feel like this one has more of an attachment to you being a former Bears player. He didn't really underperformed on the Broncos last year, but – he was really, really good on the Bears. Yeah, I loved Kyle Fuller on the Bears. He was a hard-hitting, good tackler, and a great cover corner. He was pretty much the full package and a cornerback that you want. This is a really big pickup for the Ravens, in my opinion. Uh, he was borderline on top five corner for a long stint there, so really good pickup for the Ravens. Uh, Marcus Williams also went to the Ravens. Uh, that's going to really bolster their secondary. I think those two moves are going to help them out a lot uh, this year. Yeah, they'll be playing your good old Ravens football, just playing a run-heavy offense, and they'll have a great defense again. This is way bigger. So this is a big deal because the Bengals' offensive line almost got Joe Burrow killed 100 times last season. Most sacked quarterback in the playoffs ever. Um, Lael Collins from the Cowboys, Alex Kappa from the Bucks and Ted Karras from the Patriots, uh, they're going to really, really bolster that offensive line. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a much more comfortable time in the pocket. Uh, he's not going to be running for his life, and he's, he's probably going to really benefit from this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got to see what Joe Burrow could do while he was running for his life, so let's see what he can do calm, cool, and protected. Yeah, exactly. Deshaun Watson moving to the Browns, definitely more centered around the situation that he's involved in. Um, it's tough to say what would have happened if there weren't 700 women that are accusing him of sexual misconduct. Um, I don't think he would have been traded. I think he would have tried to stick it out on the Texans, but he really wanted to get out. <laughs> well, he requested that trade before anything happened. Yeah, I think he knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely... Uh... Some clues under the covers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under the towel. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if Amari Amari Cooper is another big one to the Browns. The Browns had a couple good pickups there. Um, but Amari Cooper needs Deshaun Watson, so without Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper is pretty much a moot point. Yeah, I agree. They need both, not just one. Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson won't have much to throw to without Amari Cooper and... If Deshaun Watson's not throwing to Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is not going to have a productive season like we talked about. Nope. And then another big one, not as 
talked about as the others, but I really think this was a great move for the Colts was picking up Matt Ryan. Huge. I think this offseason had so much more action than most pre, uh, most a lot of the offseasons previously. Um, I Matt Ryan to the Colts is huge. I mean, he played for the Falcons his whole career, took him to the Super Bowl. We all know how that ended. 28-3. 28-3. <laughs> Not a good look, but Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. That wasn't his fault. I think he's going to lift the Colts up. Um, yeah, on the I, de- I like the Colts a lot this year Yeah, with Matt Ryan. The Colts are going to take a step up. Uh, on the defensive side, Stephon Gilmore signed with the Colts, and that is huge. Stephon Gilmore has been known as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for the last few years. He's getting a little bit older, um, but everybody still wanted to sign him. Uh, I was hoping the Cardinals would sign him because we really need some help at corner, but congratulations to the Colts. Got Stephon Gilmore. I think he's going to have a good season with them. I agree. And then moving on to our boy, we played high school football with him, Christian Kirk. Actually, Pop Warner football with him when he broke the touchdown record. That's right. Um, A lot of speculation on how much money he got paid. He's a great receiver. He's explosive, and he'll help out that Jaguars offense a lot. Yeah, with with DeAndre Hopkins missing some time uh, injury-wise last year, Christian Kirk really stepped up. Uh, I think he still struggles a little bit in some areas. He's obviously not the tallest receiver out there, um, but he is fast, and he has good hands, and I think it was just a little bit of an overpay. Yeah, he got paid as he was a top-five receiver. Um He's had good seasons in the NFL, but he hasn't proven that he's a top-five receiver yet. Hopefully he does. I'm a big fan of him, obviously, being his friend. So We love Christian Kirk. <laughs> a little biased there. Uh, Brandon Scherf, another really big pickup uh, for the Jaguars. Came off the commanders, the offensive guard. Has been pretty solid uh, on that offensive line. I think he's going to also help Sunshine over there. for the Sunshine. <laughs> I think he's really going to help out um, protecting the young quarterback. Darius Williams. I really like this because now he's not on the Rams. <laughs> uh, Darius Williams was a great, great uh, cornerback for the Rams last year. Helped them win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think he's going to do really well over there. Yeah, for sure. And then another massive blockbuster trade seems like we had so many of these it's hard to cover them all russell wilson to the broncos this is a huge improvement for the broncos and the broncos are definitely going to take a step up yeah i mean you can't say enough about russell wilson being a cardinals fan i watched him dice my team up for the last 10 years so got such a pretty long ball when he throws it he throws it so high arcing it's it's ridiculous um sadly we the cardinals have to play him again this season of course i can't escape him he lives in my dreams and my nightmares <laughs> <laughs> but russell wilson big big pickup for the broncos and then obviously the chiefs lost tyreek hill but they added three weapons uh juju being the best of the three uh, i think juju will have a good season and then Ronald Jones uh, for some backup running back play. Uh, He's a good pass catcher. Uh, He had some fumbling issues. Hopefully he can figure that out. And being on the Chiefs offense, he'll probably be more productive anyways. And then MVS from the Packers. He's kind of an unproven receiver still. I know he had – I mean, he's made a lot of big plays, but he's got talent. Um, He was playing behind Devontae Adams where Devontae was stealing all that star power. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has the – he's a big receiver and he's fast. So I think that's something that the Chiefs were really looking for this offseason. Obviously, they added Juju, who's another 6'2 guy. Seems like they've always had the, the shorter guy, obviously, with Tyreek Hill. Um, they've, they've focused on the explosive small offense. I think they were looking for a little more uh, possession guys here, and they, and they got him with MVS and Juju. And then moving to the Raiders, they had – two of the biggest pickups. I mean, I keep saying blockbuster trades, but holy shit, Devontae Adams and Tam- Chandler Jones, just the Raiders, that's two blockbuster trades in one year. This offseason was fucking nuts. I, I can't remember the last time something like this happened. I mean, we're looking at this list of players, and it's not even every big guy. Like We had to leave off so many people off this list just so we had time to talk about this. Uh, but Chandler Jones, former Cardinal, most sacks in Cardinals history, I love him. I wish him really well on the Raiders. I think he's going to do well. He's got Max Crosby on the other side. Yeah, they have a solid defense. Uh, I like that move for the Raiders. That was that was good for them. Yeah, it's going to be scary for other teams because that is a dynamic duo of pass rushers right there. And then obviously having Devontae Adams on the other side of the ball, Raiders are going to be good. I think the weight of the world is now on Derek Carr's shoulders. Yeah. We will no longer be questioning at the end of the season if Derek Carr is a good quarterback. We are going to know the answer to that 1,000%. That's a good point because Derek Carr has always gotten the benefit of the doubt, um, not having the best offensive weapons, you know, this and that. I think after this season, it's definitely... We'll know. Yeah, this is put-up-or-shut-up time for Derek Carr. And then... Uh, <laughs> Another blockbuster trade, and just kind of similar to what you just said about Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. I mean, obviously being a bear, that hurts me dearly. He didn't play that much last season. He missed, uh, I think, like eight games. So uh, didn't get the proper goodbye, but that one hurts me. Uh, He'll be great for the Chargers. Another very dynamic duo at pass rushing. Yeah, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And the same division, too, Raiders and Chargers. They're going to... Patrick Mahomes is going to fucking hate those divisional games. (laughs) He's going to hate his life this year. Yeah, same with Russ. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Russ can't escape Chandler Jones. Their highlights are going to be crazy this year because they're just going to be fucking running from those DNs. AJ Brown. I mean, this off season, I like every time we read another name I'm off this list, I'm like, holy shit, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it just does not end. These are massive names. Yeah. You do not get this much action, which was great to fill my need for football. Yes, it definitely helped. Uh, AJ Brown coming uh, by trade during the draft, so kind of an odd move. Uh, but the the Eagles really picked up a good receiver there from the Titans. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is definitely going to benefit from that. I like that move for them. I can't say enough about that one. Yeah, their wide receiver room got way more dynamic. And then Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, another former Cardinal. uh, Went to the Panthers last year. Showed that he's a real uh, offense or outside linebacker in the NFL and can put up sacks the Cardinals never gave him that opportunity and that's why he only signed a one-year deal with the Panthers Uh, but now he goes to the Eagles on a big contract Um, I mean he's good the Cardinals never used him right I think he's going to do really well on that defense if if used correctly he's a 12 sack guy for sure I completely agree and just going back to that division though real quick the Raiders Chiefs Broncos and Chargers, that is just crazy how many 
big fucking names are in that division now. Well, they they knew that they had uh, Pat Mahomes, so they knew that they had to do something to take care of that. So they have three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in that division alone, and a couple of the best. And I'm pass leaving rushers. Derek Carr out of that. And yeah, we haven't even answered that question if he's great or not. But and then they have literally the best pass rushers, like you were and saying. the best receiver. <laughs> it's it's some shit went down in. <laughs> yeah. In the AFC West. It's going to be fun to watch that division next year. For sure. Carson Wentz. I mean, th- this list just doesn't end. There's so many big names moving around, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks. It's, it's, kind of, it's really crazy for starting quarterbacks to move teams, especially as much as Carson Wentz has. It's more, it's more understandable with Carson Wentz just because um, he's obviously had some injury trouble, and then after the injuries, his decline in play. He's going to be moved around. I think he gets a good shot with the Commanders. They're not such a run-heavy team, so I think he's really going to get his shot to show if he's worth it for another team in the future. Yeah. I remember early on in his career, I was really high on him. I thought he was going to end up being one of the greats. Obviously, he had those injuries, declined significantly, and he had a decent season with the Colts last year, just choked at the end of it, falling barely short of making it to the playoffs. I think he'll have a very similar opportunity here with the Commanders to prove himself again. Uh, they're right on they're that fringe team of the playoffs and haven't been in that opportunity to really progress in a while. So Carson Wentz is going to have that opportunity with the Commanders to bring him somewhere. Yep. DJ Chark to the Lions. That's, that's big for them. That's big for Jared Goff. Um, the Lions are they're not going to be very good, but they're definitely getting better. Yeah, I'm on St. Brown. Yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown is very good young receiver. DJ Chark's going to show him the ropes a little better. Um, the the Lions are on the upward swing. DeAndre Swift, but as long yeah. as Jared Goff is under center, I just don't think the Lions can really make strides. No, yeah, they're on an upward swing, but when you're swinging from the floor, it's it's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is take baby steps, and you're higher than where you were. And then, obviously, the Packers were hurting from that Devontae Adams move to the Raiders. Um, they replaced him with Sammy Watkins. Obviously not the same receiver. Not going to be the same guy. But Sammy Watkins has been a good receiver, just plagued with injuries. Um, very talented. So I, I, I like that for the Packers. I think that was a good job on them. Yeah, it's a good small piece for Aaron Rodgers just to kind of have another receiver. that It's not going to be his number one option, but it's definitely – a good second or third option yeah. for that team. Um, the Vikings got two linebackers. Zadarius Smith, the outside linebacker, coming from the Packers, uh, previously the Ravens. He was one of the big pickups this offseason. Um, I know almost all teams were looking at him to bolster their pass rush, um, and the Vikings won the sweepstakes. So congrats to the Vikings for that. They also got Jordan Hicks, who has been a solid middle linebacker for the Cardinals the last few years. Um, so they, they definitely got some good pickups on defense there. Yeah, for sure. That definitely helps them out on that side of the ball. And now moving to Marcus Mariota, uh, Falcons quarterback. This isn't a massive trade, just yeah. kind of bringing this one up because he sounds like he's going to be the starter for the Falcons. Yeah, now. you can tell we're running out of things to talk about because we just brought up Marcus Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those smaller ones. Um, but it's notable because he does sound like he'll be the starter, like I said. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, I think. So 
you know, it's tough, but just a reminder of who the starters are. And then moving to Baker Mayfield on the Panthers. We love Baker here. <laughs> we are a Baker podcast. <laughs> we love Baker. Um, I love just watching Baker play football. You know, he plays with such heart. So I hope he starts in the Panthers, and I think there's no reason they didn't trade for him, for him not to start. Yeah, and they got him for nothing, too. So if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. But I really think they got a starting quarterback for a fifth-round pick. Which yeah. That's, I completely agree. If you can do that, do that every day. Yeah, he was a first round pick, and then in turn traded for a fifth round. Just I think a couple I, years later. I've got I've got week one circled for the Panthers against the Browns for sure. I but need that game so bad. I, I need can't it. Wait. <laughs> and then his former teammate Jarvis Landry went to the Saints. Uh, this is a great addition for the Saints. I love this pickup for them. Uh, they have a great receiving core, so. The Saints are going to be dynamic, and James yeah. Winston is going to have a lot of weapons. So, Yeah, former LSU guy, Jarvis Landry, um, obviously loves New Orleans. So I think, I think just him being in that environment again, he's, I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, James Winston, obviously not the best quarterback, but he needs somebody to throw to, and Jarvis Landry is up for the task for sure. And then another LSU boy actually went to the Saints, and Tyron Matthew. This was another, holy shit, another huge fucking name moving. It's crazy. <laughs> It is. Um, this is a great pickup for them, though. You know, uh, this is really going to help their secondary. He's a dynamic playmaker. Um, he's really exciting to watch as far as the defensive side of the ball. I think this will help their defense a lot, and it was already a good defense. So, Yeah, Tyron Matthew, everybody was waiting all offseason for him to pick a team. Finally chose the Saints. He loves New Orleans. That's where he's from. I think he's going to thrive in this environment for sure. I mean, he was on the Chiefs made them better, took them deep in the playoffs defensively, made their whole defense better. He's a good leader. Um, he's always been a good player. Just his knee injuries scared everybody, but uh, somehow he's made it back stronger than ever. So uh, Marcus May also coming from the Jets. Um, those two guys at safety are really going to change things for that, um, for that, for that secondary. Um, and I, I really like those pickups for them. Spent a lot of money, but I think it's well worth it for them. And they still got Marshawn Lattimore, so that's a scary defense there. They have a good secondary. good And Cam Jordan. I mean, yeah, we could talk about the Saints for an hour, so maybe we'll move on. <laughs> Hollywood Brown. This was another one of those weird trades that happened during the draft, yep. in case you forgot. This is a great weapon and a great pickup for the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals gave up their first-round pick this season. Um, but I think there wasn't a better player than Hollywood Brown on the board, so I I really like the move. We needed it, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out six season or six games. <laughs> six seasons would suck. <laughs> six, that would be his career. Yes, out six games. Hollywood Brown's going to thrive. Uh, Kyler's former teammate at Oklahoma. I think this is a great move by the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was a much needed weapon. They lost Christian Kirk. This is kind of their replacement. Uh, Hollywood Brown did have a little bit of drop troubles. Um, That's, we blame Lamar Jackson for that. <laughs> I mean, in that one Lions game, I think you could just watch like a two-minute highlight yeah. tape of him dropping touchdown passes. <laughs> hey, everybody's prone to a bad game. Yeah. But he is a great receiver. He's dynamic. And without DeAndre Hopkins being there, uh, they desperately needed a weapon for those first couple of games. So, And then when he is back, it's going to – take eyes off of him and we'll get to really see him evolve I think because he hasn't really been a number two receiver in his career to yeah. where 
he's gotten that second corner. So we'll see some explosive plays from him, especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, I think. For sure. A-Rob, Allen Robinson coming from the Bears over to the Rams. Big move. Allen Robinson's a great receiver. Didn't get to show it on the on that Bears offense. Again, we blame Matt Nagy for everything that ever goes wrong because um, everything is his fault. Anything that happens this season is still Matt Nagy's fault, just so you know. Yeah, so it's, it's just res, resi- time, it's residual. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 20 years from now and be like, fucking Nagy. Matt, he ruined everything. Yeah, but Allen Robinson, great receiver. I love him. Uh, he's super fun to watch. He's not one of those guys that's going to catch the ball and have a bunch of yards after catch. Great possession receiver, great route runner. This is by far going to be the best quarterback play I think he gets with Matt Stafford, and he's going to be in a good offense for the first time in his career. So uh, I think we'll see his breakout year. I know it's later in his career, so but it'll be his breakout year, and people will really see how talented of a receiver he is. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a good season on the other side of Cooper Cup. I think that was a big-time move by the Rams, yeah, as much as I hate that. Uh, another move that I hate by the Rams, Bobby Wagner moves from one division rival of the Cardinals to the next, from the Seattle Seahawks to the Rams. Bobby Wagner has been one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL for the last few years. Uh, obviously on a decline, getting older, but he is still so good. Um, he can do everything from that middle linebacker spot. Uh, I've, I've honestly not seen many guys over the course of a career better than him. No, he will definitely go down as a Hall of Famer. Great, great middle linebacker. Get it instant team leader out of him. And that's an incredible pickup for the Rams. I just cannot believe how many big names the Rams keep getting. It seems like season after season, they just keep adding on these big names. And they're still retaining their other big names. Yeah. You know, and really, again, I just can't believe Bobby Wagner alone would be a massive name in a singular offseason move, and this is just adding to the pile. There was at least 12 major blockbuster trades this year, so, or pickups, you know, but yeah, and again, great pickup for the Rams. Yeah. They really, that's the last of our blockbuster ones, but. Um, I do like Charvarius Ward to the 49ers, coming off the Chiefs defense, um, he signed a pretty big contract with the 49ers. The Chiefs wanted to retain him, but he was just too expensive. I think that's really going to help out the 49ers' secondary, especially when they're going to have some growing pains uh, at quarterback uh, because of the Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo situation. So Traverius Ward, good pickup for the 49ers. All right, that wraps up that blockbuster of an offseason with all those movers. And then going into a little bit of a fun segment right now, uh, we're just going to have David rank us the alternate helmets that have been released so far. There have been nine alternate helmets that have been released and four throwbacks. I really like this idea by the NFL. Um, when I saw the Bengals helmet come out, I was pretty jealous. I didn't realize that the Cardinals were going to get one. So that's I'm, I'm just glad that the Cardinals are a part of this. We're not a part of a lot. So it's, it, it the Bears felt, are also a part of this. Yes, they are. <laughs> we're tagging along. It felt yeah. like an honor. But it's an obvious clear cut still number one that the Bengals Yeah, but are. that's you know, that's a surprise. I'm gonna start from the bottom. Um, <laughs> I think, in my opinion, the Texans helmets, um, I like the red color, but I just think it matches their emblem a little too much on the side. Not my favorite. Um, number eight, we've got the commanders. Just a plain black helmet. It's gonna look pretty sleek, but I just don't love the lack of an emblem. 
Um, they only have a small too basic. one. Yeah, it's too basic. Uh, number seven, I got the Eagles because it. I didn't even notice uh, very much of a color difference because they went from dark green to black uh, with the with the wings on the front. It looks like the same fucking helmet. It looks like the same fucking helmet. Um, still cooler than the Texans and the <laughs> Commanders, in my opinion, but because it didn't change very much, I'm not going to rank it very high. Um, I got the Bears at number six. Uh, they have an orange helmet, which is pretty different from the rest of them. It's a little out there. I like it. I think it has an, uh potential to look good, but by itself, not my favorite helmet. Yeah, I don't think it's great by itself, but I think it'll look decent on the field, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, this one was a little tough for me at the five spot. I have the Saints. Um, I think they had a they have a cool design going over the middle of the helmet with the little with the little Saint emblem. It's small. Just it's just not my favorite. I think they tried a little too hard. It looks like Ohio State almost with those with their plays, yeah, the sticker. I just it's not my favorite. I like the black color. It's um, creative though. It's it the is, only creative one of. It is creative. Well, I guess the Bengals. The Bengals helmet's fucking sick. Yeah, the Bengals helmet's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sick. How many times are we gonna say that? A lot. <laughs> um, number four, I've got the Cardinals. Uh, I ranked them a little higher, just because they're going from a plain white helmet to a black helmet. I like that change. I think it's kind of a you know. It's a big deal for me as a Cardinals fan because we've had these stupid, boring outfits or jerseys for a long time, and adding a black helmet, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Only three games for the Cardinals in those, but uh, those three games we're probably going to win just because of that helmet. Um, I got the Jets at number three. They probably don't deserve that just because they're such a shit team, but that, that matte black Jets helmet is... is with the green face mask. This is going to be one that I kind of disagree with you on. I think they should have been lower on this list. Really? It's just too basic. Who would you have ranked? Would you put the Saints in front of I would put the Saints above them. There's just a little bit more creativity. So, yeah. I like the Saints helmet. It'll be interesting to see what jersey combos they come out with that one. Yeah. I, th- I just like the matte black on the Jets there. Um, I really, really like the Panthers at number two there. I hope they get those light blue unis. Yeah. In those. Oof. Yeah, those black oof. ones is gonna be. Oof. They're gonna wake up feeling fucking dangerous with Baker. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I think going from the silver helmet to a black helmet, especially with Baker wearing that thing, he's gonna visor that bitch up. <laughs> he's gonna look disgusting. I hope they wear that week one. Oh, we're just gonna keep fucking bringing this up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. He's gonna look we might so have good. To, we might have to live stream that game. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tune in for that one. Um, and the number one spot, no surprise to anybody, the Bengals with We that already said it. The Bengals are fucking sick. Fucking sick. sick. <laughs> fucking sick. I'm just going to post that on our Instagram. You'll see it. It's, yeah. It's fucking sick. <laughs> the Bengals, white helmet with the black stripes, the white tiger look. Not even a letter on there, just white or black stripes with the white helmet. It's, um, I hope they go Stormtrooper. With those white, white hel- with the white jerseys and the white pants, they're going to look so, so cool. Jamar Chase doing the gritty in that thing? <sighs> Fuck me. That's a lot of swag. <laughs> that's, that's too much swag. And Joe Burrow. Joe Shiesty? Joe, Joe Burr. <laughs> Joe Burr. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, dude, they are going to win all those games for I, sure. I, look good, play good. If they lose in those helmets, <laughs> they don't deserve them. But still, the, the cool helmet. Um, so we got 
four throwback helmets also. These were a little tougher because throwback helmets are always pretty cool. Um, the Giants, I ranked at number four just because it's a little too plain. Um, yeah, it obviously, doesn't look like much of a throwback. Right. It's kind of it's kind of the same color scheme. I mean, I, I mean, it's obviously a different blue. A different. Yeah. It's it's a good it's a good helmet, but it's still just it's like too recent. I feel like they wore those in the early two thousands, and that's not that far away. Um, whereas you know you have the Falcons helmet. Those with that white stripe through the middle, I, I really. This is your three. I have Falcons at three. Damn, it's just tough. Falcons it's, were my one. Oh wow, I liked Falcons. Those I like the them a lot. Suit. I like all these helmets. That's the problem. So it, it's it was tough to it was tough to rank. But I hate the Atlanta jerseys, the new ones that just say eight. Yes, on them. those are the worst. It looks like a pop warning. But uniform. if they wear the throwback helmet, they have to throw back the uniform too. But when Michael Vick played for them, they had the best uniform. They did. They. And, Looked great, and then they switched and got new jerseys, which was super exciting because they have a great color scheme, and they look like dick. Yeah, the, the, I don't know how they fucked that up so bad. Yeah. Uh, but it was tough for me to put the Falcons over the Patriots helmets at number two because, I mean, it's just so classic with, with the Patriot on the side holding the football. Like, I really like that logo, uh, the yeah. white helmet. I think it looks terrible personally, but it is like just a staple in the NFL. I so. think it's just yeah, it's, just, it's classic. That's classic. Um, I it, it pains me to say, but the Cowboys throwback helmet is the best in my opinion. I think it looks super clean. Uh, the blue stripes in the middle. I I just I think they're gonna look really cool in their white uniforms with those helmets on. I agree.